0: Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. Today, we welcome Damien Filiatro, founder and CEO of Scalable Path, a software staffing agency that matches leading companies and startups with vetted remote software developers. Scalable Path has helped over 23,000 freelancers complete hours of programming in 177 countries. Welcome, Damien.
1: Hi, Marie. Thanks for having me.
0: We're going to discuss some misconceptions about hiring remote workers. So we know that remote work has gained popularity since COVID. Were your developers fully remote before COVID? And if so, what has the pandemic changed for your company, if anything?
1: Yes, we actually were completely remote before 2010. And not only the developers that we place on client projects, but our own internal team was distributed. And I think, you know, nothing internally in how we operated the company had to change when the pandemic hit. And I think that is a testament to running a distributed team. You know, there is no single point of failure like an office. If some disaster strikes, everyone is just safe at home. So I think that is actually one of the pros of having a remote workforce. But I do think the pandemic did change the HR recruiting landscape, particularly in my, my areas and software. And some of the things we saw, I mean, you may have heard about the great resignation in, in 2021 There was a 30% increase in the the number of people quitting their jobs.
0: It continues, Um, by the way. It's still going on in 2022. It's amazing.
1: So there's there's less supply out there of, of good talent in the United States. And additionally, software companies thrived in the pandemic. So at the same time, demand for software developers went up and simultaneously remote work became the norm. So many companies were were forced into working remotely with their existing local teams. But once they realized that working remotely was just fine, it really wasn't a big leap to say, hey, if I can work with Dave in the next town over successfully, what's the difference between that and working with someone in the next state or even the next country? So as long as people can collaborate effectively, it doesn't really matter where they are except perhaps the factor of time zone, which is, which is important to collaboration. So, you know, I do think that the pandemic for all of these reasons changed a lot in the staffing industry, high demand, low supply of workers, remote work becoming the norm. And it did cause a lot of United States companies to start working more with people in other countries like Canada, Mexico, and other places in Latin America, like Colombia, Brazil in Argentina. That's how I've seen it change.
0: Damien, as a CEO, and you talked a little bit about it, but what do you see as the pros, but also the cons of having remote workers?
1: Admittedly, I am drinking the remote Kool-Aid. I think it's the future. I just read a very interesting book. It's actually been out for close to a decade now, I believe. It's called Remote, and it's by... David Heinemir Hansen and, and Jason Fried. And, you know, it discusses a lot the, the pros and cons of, of remote work. And number one, it's mostly pros. I mean, and the number one thing is people, workers, employees really like it. It, it improves their quality of life overall. They like the flexibility to work to fit their job into their life in a more natural way. But there's other pros. It saves employees money on transportation. It, it saves companies money on office space. It's better for the environment. You know, you're know, you not burning fossil fuels in your car on the way to work. It's better for productivity. You're, you're not losing time commuting. You have more focused time to get deep work done because you have less distractions from your coworkers. But there are some cons. Human, social interaction, team building, and culture are, are harder to build remotely. And it can be hard to compartmentalize work and, and set that work life boundary. You know, I think some employers are concerned that, well, are my people actually working if they're not in the office? There may be some people that have motivation issues doing their work, but I would say in my experience, at least personally, it's the opposite. It's like, where when do I stop working now that there's no boundary? And one thing that you can address when you're wondering if people are actually working is you, you need to change your evaluation of people to be more performance-based, more results-based than Okay did they come into the office at early and leave late that's my really rudimentary basis of evaluation we got to shift to probably an evaluation that we should have been using all along which is more focused on what they're getting done
0: in fact there is a lot written right now about software talking about software to track when employees are doing remotely i've read the term busware have you heard that term
1: i haven't heard that term but i'm very familiar with the concept of tracking and i can't i gotta say that i'm not a fan of it you know i I think that we need to to as as humans trust each other and and you know one of the other things that that the pandemic shifted was i think the the balance of power in the staffing business i mean i think that employees are a little more in the driver's seat now you know they have their pick of jobs and I don't think people want to be working for companies that are tracking them and feeling like they're in a big brother situation. So, just my two cents on that.
0: Trust has a lot to do with it, as you said. And I think people want to work for organizations that trust them, not that, you know, track them. This is far away from Taylorism. Uh, we're in 2022. So, uh, some of the, the large companies, though, the tech companies such as Google, uh, and IBM, are asking employees to come back to work, even though they understand the advantages of having remote workers. So do you think there are some misconceptions about remote workers?
1: I definitely think there are some misconceptions. You know, you mentioned Google and their policies. I don't know too many details about that to, to comment, um, I think, intelligently on that particular case. But one thing I think that we all need to wrap our heads around is that remote is becoming part of the new normal and that we have this sort of tendency to think of normal is in the office and remote is abnormal. And, and all of the, the, the trend and what the pandemic has accelerated is that remote is going to become part hopefully, of everyone's work-home balance. And when you hire a, you know, again, my experience is in software. So, you know, as an example, you know, a company in the past might hire some remote software developers to work on their website or their mobile application. And you might have a tendency to think of them as different and keep them sort of compartmentalized and separate and treat them differently. Or, you know, they might feel a little bit like second class citizens. There might be meetings in the office that they weren't privy to. And I think that the future is about putting everyone on the same playing field. And even people that might be in the office now, they get some time remote. They start using these same collaboration tools, project management software, chat, you know, virtual meetings. Everyone gets fluent in these technologies. And then people like these software developers or other roles, there's roles that have been remote for decades, like accountants and lawyers that no one really thinks about, but they're actually a really important part of your company. But bringing all of those people together on a level playing field and treating them all like humans and growing your relationship with all of them equally, I think that's a new paradigm that, that we're headed toward and that will lead to a healthy company culture that integrates remote.
0: Now, some industries like yours, Damien, are well-suited for remote work, Right. Are there any professions where remote work is traditionally thought as absolutely impossible that could actually function well with either partial or full remote work?
1: Definitely. I think there's two main forces driving the move to remote work. One is technology. You know, we've got the internet and computers and phones everywhere that are enabling it, that it just wasn't possible you know, a decade or definitely two decades ago. And then just necessity, you know, the pandemic was really a, a good example of forcing us to work remotely, but you know, other things might start forcing us to, to work remotely, like wanting to reduce CO2 emissions And part of it is creativity, creative. They say necessity is the mother of invention. People are creatively responding to these forces using these new tools and and responding to necessity. And yeah, we saw it in the pandemic. All of us saw it. We saw doctors doing more remote. You wouldn't necessarily have thought that before, but now you've got telemedicine and think how much time that saves you. You know, it might take you two hours to do a doctor's visit but if you can do telemedicine, it might only take fifteen minutes of your time. Another one that we all saw was teachers, you know, kids, and everyone was doing remote learning. I mean, yes, for for young children, I do think in-person learning is very, very important. But you know, for adults, people learning to program later in life, and you know, learning skills, remote teaching and education is. Really, something that maybe we wouldn't have thought it was possible, and now we're seeing it, there are really practical ways to apply it, but it goes even further than that. I mean, I just read an article by a guy named Mike Elgin, he was in Morocco, and you know, you would think that things like manufacturing are always going to require you being at your place of work, but what he saw there's this, this industry in Morocco called argon oil. And traditionally the nuts have to be cracked by hand. And these women go to a cooperative and they crack these nuts by hand. And in the pandemic, they actually got creative and they said, wait a minute, why can't these women, why don't we just deliver the nuts to these women's houses and they can crack the nuts there. And It's an example of a a job that can be very easily tracked in terms of productivity. And they found that productivity increased and these women had a better life. They were able to manage their families better, but they were still doing their job that they used to have to go to the cooperative to do. So I think there's a lot of creative ways that we can take jobs that we'd never thought would be remote and make them partially remote or completely remote. Another example is Caterpillar, the big heavy equipment company is coming out with a line of products called Cat Command. They are excavators, bulldozers, big vehicles that people can operate remotely. And they're mainly pitching it as a way for humans to stay safe while they're doing hazardous work. But I could see this easily going further and just think, hey, you know, you need to uh, build this highway. You can control this big earth mover from your home. Why not? So we're seeing a lot of innovations and a lot of changes. And I think it's gonna continue to trend toward remote.
0: Very interesting. I particularly like the example you gave about the women uh, uh, in Morocco. That's quite interesting. I've never heard of that before what recommendations would you make to specifically organizational and HR leaders who are considering keeping some of their employees remote or those who are considering going partially or fully remote?
1: Well, first of all, I'd say go for it. It's great. It's the future. Don't fight it. People want it. Be brave. Experiment with it. If you do experiment with it, do it intelligently. You know, Do it in a way that can succeed. Give it time. If you do an experiment, give it maybe three months with a certain group of your company, see how it goes. You don't have to go all in from the get-go. You know, One thing I alluded to before was be careful of creating a, an uneven playing field or, or second-class citizens. It can fail if you try to make part of your company remote and they feel like outsiders. It's better if everyone in the company is using the same virtual communication and collaboration techniques. And finally, I'd say, if you're looking for help hiring remote software developers, check us out
0: at scalablepath.com. Thank you, Damien, for your insights on some of the misconceptions regarding remote work. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, You will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.